Welcome to the Law School Admissions Simplified Podcast, where we talk about all things LSAT, law school admissions, and life-related. I'm Ben, and I do LSAT prep and law school admissions full-time. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, where I post about the admissions process at LSA Simplified, or on my website, lsasimplified.com. I've written an LSAT book you can find on Amazon titled LSA Simplified LSAT Primer. And I also host free LSAT sessions once a month, as well as paid monthly courses, tutoring, and various on-demand options. Today, uh, there's no real agenda. This is just going to be the audio from a admission session I host where we talk through admission statements. This was done, you know, in a Zoom format. So it's meant for people to be able to see things. So there are maybe a few things where I have the statement pulled up in front of me and I'll reference something that you may not be able to hear. For the most part, you could listen to this just audio and be just fine. However, um, there is a video on YouTube with the visuals as well, if you would like to see that. Honestly, you probably don't need it. Most of the stuff I read through and then respond to it. So it's not necessary, but it could add a little bit. As far as other things to talk about, oh, a few corrections. Um, so in the video, I say Yale evaluates things. They don't start evaluating applications until February. I don't know where that came from. That was a verbal typo. I, to the best of my knowledge, that's not true. I do think that they tend to be a little bit slower, but as far as me like authoritatively saying they don't evaluate applications until February, I would consider that completely false. Um, so that's incorrect. And then I also mentioned the Chicago example, personal statements. I'm going to put those in the show notes for the podcast. So if you want to access those, just look at the show notes and you'll see them there. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, without further ado, enjoy the session. It's primarily just going through ones that have either been submitted by applicants or I had someone that got into Yale. So we'll go through her stuff as well. She sent me her diversity statement as well as a short optional essay. I'm not sure we'll have time to do all of it, but we'll definitely do the diversity statement that she sent. Um, so yeah, let's get moving. So first off, uh, law school applications are tricky, but they're not that crazy. And I think a lot of the advice out there is bad. Um, primarily what controls your applications is your numbers. So, you know, just it's worth noting if you don't have the, your else out, that's where you should be putting most of your energy. It's not to say don't put effort into your essays as well, but your essays are not going to compensate for low numbers. So if you're here hoping that like your essays are going to really help you overcome really low numbers, you're out of luck. It's just not how it works. So just a heads up there. That being said, essays, it's not that they're not important. It's that they're secondary. You have to get in the door first before they even read your essays. Now, once you get in the door, you have to stay in the door and that's what your essays do, but you're not even getting your essays read if you have such low numbers that they don't consider you. Um, so it's just worth noting, like, yeah, it can essays overcome a slight numbers deficiency? Sure. Are they going to over, like, is it going to get you into Harvard with a 160? No, it's just not happening. So you got to be careful and realize that you're going to need to at least meet the threshold. And then timing also is somewhat relevant this year for those of you that are applying for next fall is really weird um, because schools are taking so long with affirmative action and also the rankings got rebalanced, which affects just how they're making their decisions. So it's been a slower year. And that means that applying later doesn't hurt as much. Some schools applying late really hurts. I've heard Duke anecdotally. Um, if you apply like past November, you're basically boned. Like they really don't want to take you. So hopefully none of you want to go to Duke. Other schools like Yale don't even start reading applications until like February. So it really depends on the school. Generally earlier is better, but there is flexibility within that. Um, and yeah, today's session, I probably should have edited my thing a little bit better. We're going to go primarily through diversity statements today. We're also touching on personal statements just because there's more of them. So it's easier to do, but we'll be talking through both of them. I think it's good to do diversity statements just because they're so different from personal statements. And often people's personal statements read as if they were a diversity statement. So hopefully you guys will see 
like what's good for each. Um, and yeah, also there's a lot of nonsense in this admissions and LSAT space. Um, and the reason for that is primarily money, just to be transparent, is that like there are, there's a decent little industry. It's not very big, but people that like we make our livings off of this. I mean, I do, I do primarily LSAT. I don't make that much money off admissions, but I do do some. Um, and in doing so, people tend to incentivize or say things that incentivize people to sign up for things. And sometimes that's in your best interest. Other times it's not. I think that, you know, paying 500 to $1,000 for your LSAT prep is very worth it. Um, you also just have to recognize that like, that's very much something in my interest and it might be in your interest, but it might not. So it's all just worth considering what makes sense for you. Uh, where this gets really gross, in my opinion, is when people are telling you, you can apply in like, um, what is it like June and still get good outcomes. You can't. And that hurts me because when I tell that to people, people are less likely to pay for like admission stuff or tutoring because sometimes they're like, oh no, I want to do this. And so-and-so says I can't apply in June. So I'll go pay him for tutoring. And like, I don't know, that's an ethical line I'm not willing to cross. So you gotta be careful about that. Also, there are some admissions people that really overemphasize how much your essays and stuff matter. Your, your numbers really are what drive decisions, primarily your LSAT, primarily your GPA. Like I said, it's not everything, but you have to get in the door first. So make sure that you're getting that. Um, and yeah, just make sure that you're asking like, if someone's giving you a piece of advice, like why? Why, why is that true? If they can't defend why it's true, that's a problem. Um, I will try to explain everything to the best of my abilities. If you, something doesn't make sense, or if you feel, you know, like you disagree with it, I'm always happy to expand upon it. Um, I even may go as far as to change my mind. It doesn't happen very often, but you know, as you evaluate the world, your perspective should change. So I would just be careful. Like if you see someone that's saying, Hey, if you just pay me like two grand for a personal saving package, I can overcome your numbers to get you into Yale. They're lying to you. It's not real. Um, can it help you if you're slightly below medians get in or slightly below the 25th percentile? Like, yeah, it could help you. But if you're 10 points below the median, like it's not going to help you. So just be careful. There are some people out there that will really overemphasize how much this can help. Yes, it can help, but you have to get your foot in the door first with the numbers. Oh yeah, cool, cool. That's just a disclaimer because I just don't want anyone to go like really spend all this time on their personal statement then with have a 145 LSAT and be confused why they got rejected. It's because schools are going to reject you if you have a 145. It, it doesn't matter what your personal statement says. Okay. So today we're going to go through personal statements. Um, we're going to go through a, some diversity statements, one of which got someone into Yale, which is fun. Um, cool, cool. So yeah, components of your applications, you got all sorts of crap. You got your numbers. This is what matters primarily. Well, I shouldn't say that because the other stuff does matter. It's that it's your entry. It's your entry ticket. You need to get in your door with the numbers and then all this other stuff matters. But if you're not in the door, it doesn't matter because if you can't get it inside the club, like, you know, you can't even do anything. Then you have all this other stuff. Personal statement, that's kind of your essay about um, who you are, why you would be a good lawyer. People I find tend to write them poorly and I'll go into kind of the common pitfalls people make. Your diversity statement, these are harder to mess up. People sometimes mess them up, but it's just about what, you're, what you bring that's unique. You don't have to write one, but if you have something that's different from the average person in the class, you can write about that. Like here's the perspective I bring that the average law student at this law school would not have. And typically that refers to racial status or LGBT stuff. Um, there can be other ones like military is a valid one, but you don't want to force it. Like if you don't have something particularly diverse, that's okay, but just don't write it. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, addendums, that's LSAT and GPA. Typically like three sentences max is like my recommendation. People really mess that up, but we won't be going too deeply into that today unless someone has one to send. Resumes, which are important, but we won't go through letters of rec and blah, blah, blah. All that good stuff. We'll focus primarily on these two. Alrighty, cool, cool. So 
Um, with the numbers, we kind of talked about this, but law schools use what's called an index calculation when they receive your application, which is some version of this formula. And I'll just write it out real quick, which is they'll take your LSAT and then they'll multiply it by some constant. Um, they'll, they'll add it to your GPA, multiply by a constant, and that will rank you in their system. And that will determine maybe how they view you as an applicant. Now you should notice what this doesn't include. And it doesn't include anything except for your numbers. It's very numbers oriented. So once they rank you, like if, if you rank high enough, your essays probably don't matter that much. They will make sure you're not a psycho who writes about killing puppies. Cause even if you have the best index number possible, you can still mess your application up. Similarly, if you have an index number that's low enough, you'll just be auto rejected. They won't even read your stuff. Where this matters, is above a certain threshold. Once you meet a certain threshold of the index number, that's where all this crap matters because that's where you want to convince them you'll be a good applicant beyond the numbers. Um, however, it should be, like you really have to know, and I just want to do this because I see so many people playing into, um, I'd say like trying to get people to pay that have low LSATs and GPAs for admissions consulting because it's like, oh, you have to overcome your numbers. It won't matter if you don't know the numbers. You at least have to get yourself competitive. That being said, because you have your LSAT and your GPA, you can slack on one of them. Not that you should, but like if you have a low GPA you, with a decent LSAT, you can still get yourself into consideration. Even if you don't have the best LSAT, but you have an awesome GPA, you can get yourself into consideration. What you can't do is have like a 145 and a 2.0. Like every school is just gonna automatically sort you below the cutoff, at which point you're done so. Um, and I just say that because I, I find it really gross, the people that want folks to pay for admissions, but don't talk straight with them about you. You're at least going to have to get yourself competitive. Uh, where there are exceptions, I don't know why I wrote that. What did I mean by that? Are there exceptions? I mean, there are schools that do this differently. Like Berkeley, for example, really emphasizes GPA over LSAT. UCLA, on the other hand, emphasizes LSAT over GPA. They still care about the other one, but some schools, they weight it differently. Um, and these are public. You can find these. These are not secretive. Like these index numbers you can find for every school in the country to see exactly how they rank them. Um, so yeah, uh, the only school I know of that has a hard cutoff, UVA, and this, for what it's worth, this was from like 2012, I think said um, anyone below a 155, we don't even read their application. We don't even look at it. So there are cutoffs. Some schools will, you know, be transparent about that and admit it. Others won't. So, you know, are there cutoffs at every school? I think there probably are. Um, however, most of them aren't transparent about it. And that being said, most of them are probably pretty low. I've heard of people even getting into Harvard. This was a while ago, back when admissions was less competitive because it used to be a lot easier. Um, I heard of someone with like a 157 getting into Harvard. However, I also think they were royalty, if I remember correctly, from some European country. So that might've done it. Um, but yeah, so, so the point is like, you know, all this stuff matters, but with a giant asterisk of you need to get your numbers competitive and then the rest of this falls in. Okay. Personal statements. And this is where we get some group participation. So all of you hop in. And I just have a few questions for your initial thoughts. And there's no right, wrong, well, I mean, there is a right answer, but just for the purpose of this, there's no right answer. What do you think the goal is when you're writing this personal statement? What are you trying to convey to the law school? I like some of these. Um, well, I mean, none of these are bad answers. I think these are the common misconceptions though. Um, yeah, yeah. So law schools, what they care about is they care about you. I'm sorry, they care about themselves. They don't care about you. They want their law school to be a prestigious, good law school. So um, let's see. Oh, geez, we got a lot here. So let me write out a few. Um, one person says, well, a common one that a few people says, why do you want to go to law school? Um, additionally, we have how you contribute to the legal industry. And I'm just going to write out like five of these and evaluate them and then I'll give my take. Um, that specific school, uh, personality slash who you are. I like that as a general rule. Um, how you can succeed. 
And then what else do we have? We had a good fit for the program slash benefit the school. Yeah, okay. So some of these I like and some of these I don't. As a general rule, the goal of the personal statement is to convince the law school that they should want you. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that. But the basic idea is that they don't care what you want. They care what they want. And what they want is to be a law school that produces really kick-ass lawyers. And some people don't make kick-ass lawyers. So they actually want to reject some people that are being their authentic selves. Um, so your goal in the personal statement is to convince them that you are someone who is a type A, get things done kind of person. And there are many ways to achieve that. But the main idea is I, I kick ass when I set a goal. Um, so often this could be a work project. It can be um, just some success you've had in life, but it can be many things. As far as why you want to go to law school, uh, this is what the direction people often go in. And I find it to be rather unnecessary because they know you want to go to law school. You're, you're applying to law school. You've taken the time to take the LSAT, um, write a personal statement. This is a given. So it doesn't differentiate yourself. And maybe it makes sense if you have absolutely no reason in your resume or like history of why you would be a lawyer. But if you've been working as a paralegal for 10 years, you don't have to talk about it. I mean, hell, even if you're like a poli sci major, they get it. Like you, that's why you want to go to law school. Um, so as a general rule, you don't have to focus on this as much. How you contribute to the legal industry also, like that can be good as long as it focuses in on like how you get things done, why you're kicking ass. Um, personality and who you are, once again, very good. If you're talking about how you're awesome. If you're talking about like other things, like, oh, I love video games. It's like, okay, cool. That's true. But like, if anything, that's a point against you because they're worried like, well, do you care about law? Is that what you're going to do? So you want to have everything coming back to getting things done. Um, as far as who you are, like background, a lot of that can go in diversity statements if it's unique. Um, so how you can succeed, very good. And then a good fit for the program slash benefit the school. That's what we're looking for is we want to convince the school that they need to have you because you are going to be an awesome contributor. Um, so your main goal is you're a type A person that gets things done. And then you're also going to contribute to like their class because your goal is to convince them that they need you, not that you need them. Um, so yeah, give them something to brag about how you would contribute. Very good. Um, so we got all sorts of stuff there. That's the general rule. And the message I would try to convey is, and I'll just clean this up real quick, is if you had to simplify is why like they need you. And you can put that in many different ways. There are many good ways to get to a good personal statement. There's not one formula that you can use. There's also a lot of bad ones. If you talk about how you overcame broke, breaking your leg in fifth grade, don't talk about that. As a general rule, never talk about when you were a kid because you want to be conveying yourself as a professional person. And when you start talking about when you're seven, they're like, so-and-so is a seven-year-old now. I want to view them as a professional lawyer and seven-year-olds are not lawyers. So that's one of the common pitfalls people fall into is talking about anything prior to like when they're 18. Already, cool, cool. Um, so yeah, it is the biggest essay that you will have. It's not the only essay, but it's really your chance to um, convey to them what you have. And you don't want to focus too much on their school. A lot of schools have why their law school essay, um, but you don't have to do that in your personal statement. So occasionally people will insert a line or two, which can be okay. It's very um, hit or miss. I, I tend to advise against it because most schools have a why X law school, like why Harvard or why Yale and all that stuff can go in there. Often people have this kind of paragraph where it's very clearly copy and pasted. Like, and I want to go to X law school because of this. And I don't know, it looks very copy and paste. Law schools aren't stupid. They see right through it. So I would generally not do that. Uh, oh, and then additionally, like follow the directions. Um, this is a small thing, but law schools hate when you don't follow the directions and their stuff. And most law schools say two pages. Basically every essay I got today is like four pages, which is bad. Law schools hate that. They hate when you don't follow directions. 
if they say two pages, they do not mean one and a half. They do not mean two and a half. They mean two. Could it be like 1.9? Sure. Could it be like 2.1? I would even stay away from that, but keep it to two pages. They don't want you to be someone that's an exception. Uh, what if they ask for it to be included in the person statement? Generally, they don't ask that. People tend to misinterpret the directions. Um, so yeah, already, cool, cool. Okay, and then another thing is people tend to get cutesy in their writing. Don't do that. Um, these are George Orwell's rules for writing. And while it's not very law school specific, it makes your writing good. So I would try to use them. Um, but it's basically just, you know, write well, write like you would speak. Trying to write fancy with long sentences and big words actually kind of has the opposite effect and makes your writing clunky. Ironically, writing simply makes your writing more powerful. So generally, we're going to try to keep our writing clean, use short sentences, um, use small words. We're not going to use a lot of adverbs, not a lot of adjectives. Um, and yeah, when possible, use smaller words. So like my favorite pet peeve of this is the word use and utilize. I hate the word utilize. I think it's the dumbest word ever because you can always just use the word use, which is fewer letters. It's three letters as opposed to eight or seven. But either way, if you can use shorter words, that's awesome. Do it. Don't use jargon. Um, yeah, always cut things. Keep your writing clean. Less information is more. Uh, keep as much information is as few words as possible. It's more powerful that way. Uh, and then also passive voice. Don't do that. I know we all tend, well, I used to write that way. I don't anymore, but it's very normal. Um, and I would just say as a general rule for this, Grammarly. If you don't have Grammarly, get it. I think if, if you're a student, it's like $5. Even if you're not, it's like $12 a month. And I promise you, it will shred up your essays in all the best ways. It will tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. And it is far cheaper than paying someone else to look over your essays. So if you're just looking for grammar and better writing, use Grammarly. It's so good. Um, I could not advise it more. And it is funny. There is someone I know who charges, I want to say $100 for an edit. And I know this because I've been shared on the same document as him. And he literally just runs it through Grammarly. It's like, dude, I could have done that. Um, like, I know what you're doing here, but I don't know. It's kind of a scam, but also people pay for it. So, you know, free market, I guess. Um, so yeah, get Grammarly. If you are writing your essays, I promise you, you're not as good of a writer as you think you are. I'm not as good of a writer as I think I am. Basically, anything Grammarly says is probably a good suggestion. There's a few exceptions, but for the most part, really good info. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, general do's and don'ts of personal statements. Um, one, tell a story of success. So sometime you won. That can come in many different forms, but just something you've done. It can be overcoming like some lifelong fear or creating a more efficient process at work, which is some idea of how you have succeeded. A lot about you, a lot of I sentences. I did X, I did Y. Not a lot of my boss asked me to do X. Even if that's true, you can just leave it out. And then show, don't tell. Don't say, I will be a good law student. Show them, like show how you get things done. Uh, what you don't want to do is try to make the school sorry for you. They're not going to feel sorry for you. So just don't even try. Also, it just makes you look like someone who's kind of looking for pity rather than looking to kick ass. And that's not the perspective you want to give. Uh, you also don't want to talk about things that have happened to you rather than what you've done. People often do this in the kind of adversity personal statement, which can work. Don't get me wrong. It just has to be done very carefully. Um, so the unfortunate way that people tend to do adversity statements is they'll talk about the adversity and then they'll have like a little bit about what they did at the end. What you want to do is do it in the exact opposite, where you have your tiny bit of adversity. And then this is all about how you overcame it. So it's mostly about what you did. Like, yes, you can have the adversity, but you want to focus more on what you've done to come beyond that. And then also don't get cute with your writing. Don't use metaphors. Don't use quotes. Um, just don't. Like, it's it's not good. You're trying to be a lawyer, not a poet. Uh, keep it clean. Alrighty. Well, let's dive into that. Um, I do have a lot submitted. So if you want yours added to the queue, I got to be honest, it's not going to make it. However, if you do want feedback, um, you can send it. It will... Like I'm looking for podcast material for those of you that don't listen to the podcast um, or that do. So if you do submit it, I will get to it eventually. 
however, it's just one of those things where um, today we only have so many and I, uh, I have to honor the people that, you know, already submitted theirs. Um, and yeah, cool, cool. Well, thank you all for hanging out through that blabbering. Let's do some actual personal statements. And for what it's worth, if you want to see my personal statement from when I was planning to apply, I never did, but I have it on YouTube. So you can see me shred my own and point out what I did wrong as well, because I did things wrong. Um, cool, cool. Well, let's dive in. Um, I guess first off, who submitted theirs first? That would be um, this one, I think. Oh, yeah. Oops, that's not the one. Because I'm trying not to dox people, and that one had their name. All right, we'll start with this one, because I know this person's here, and there's some good stuff here. Uh, initial thoughts, just from scrolling. Um, it's a little over two pages. I would cut it down. I'm sure you're going to have a you're going to be able to cut things out. This might be a formatting thing, but like those spaces too, you can cut, you don't need those. And that might've been when I converted this from a docx into Google docs, but I would look for that. However, that's not going to fix it because it's two pages, double space. And this is like two pages, single space. So there's too much information here. Whoever wrote this, um, unless you are applying to Berkeley, which specifically asks for four pages, I would really cut this down. Okay. Well, let's dive in. So first off, they say, when life gives you lemons, juice them up, plant the seeds, and cultivate strong roots. As a general rule, I hate quotes to open personal statements or to use them in general. The personal statement's about you. And like, are there exceptions to this? Like, maybe. But I, I would try to avoid it. Additionally, I would just not bold it because don't do any formatting. Um, they really don't appreciate that. So I would undo that, and then I would cut it. Just talk about you. You want to start with, like... I did X or just something about you. Like immediately give them a fact about what you contribute that other folks want. What that X is could be all sorts of things. How you write that sentence, lots of different ways. But I want to start with I, and it could be I am like a founder of a nonprofit or like just something that gives them information. But so far after this first sentence, I know nothing about you, like literally nothing. And that's not the impression we want to leave. We want to start informing them about who you are right away. Alrighty. When life handed me a basket of unwelcome lessons and a significant health setback, I squeezed every drop of resilience from those lemons. Okay, so that's a metaphor. Don't love metaphors. And I also don't know what the health setback is. I just know you had one. So I still know nothing about you. I just know that you are self-proclaimed resilient, but you haven't shown me. You've just told me, which I could take your word for it, but you know, you haven't made me yet, which is a problem. You then also say, I'd like to think of myself as a fighter, a competitor who refuses to surrender and someone who never compromises on their dreams. I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that because this is like how you view yourself. I don't, the law school doesn't care how you view yourself. They care about what you've, you've done. So, so far, I don't know that we've added any points in your favor. I want to share a pivotal chapter of my life that fortified my strength and instilled the wavering, unwavering belief that I can overcome even the most challenging circumstances. You don't have to say that. You can just do it. You don't need to tell them what you're going to do. Just get right into it. Okay, well, let's see what we have here. And now they're getting into it, which is what they went through. In 2014, at the age of 17, I experienced a life-altering event, a cardiac arrest. Yeah, you can just say you experienced cardiac arrest. So you can like cut all these words. Just say you experienced cardiac arrest. You don't need it to be life altering. They'll understand. They'll get there themselves. Um, and then you can also, yeah, if it's 17, I would generally avoid anything pre-college just because like they're thinking of you as a kid. And once again, this is what happened to you. Um, I'm like, it could get into what you've done, but so far we know nothing about what you've done. Just the fact that you have this health effect, which like that sucks. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sure that's terrible, but that's not a reason to admit you to law school. Um, so you just have to be very careful with that. Okay. The negligence of medical professionals led to another heart attack. Um, so this is not a broader thing, but you never want to blame anything on anyone in your essays. This could be true. Um, I know medical professionals, they fuck up all the time and they very well could have caused you to have another heart attack. I believe you. However, you never want to say that just because it can come off as you're putting it on them. 
and you just don't want to do that. And it rendered me unconscious for an entire month, an ordeal no one should have to endure at the age of 17. It's like you don't, they, they don't need them. So yeah, I would just be cutting a lot of this. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I've always had the spirit of doing something impactful that still burns with me. And with the help of the person, I'm developing my website, which will have articles written about how I fought through the toughest times of my life and will provide service to people to be able to talk to me so that they understand how important it is to let your inner power drive you. That is what helps me fight every situation a day. Okay, that's a really long sentence. Let's see how many words that is. As a hard cutoff, I say 25 words. Um, and that is 86 words in one sentence. So you're going to have to break that down a lot. Additionally, don't talk about what you plan to do. Anyone can talk about what they plan to do. I plan to write a series of sci-fi books, but that doesn't go in like, I, I don't actually, I'm just using an example. That doesn't go in your law school application because they don't care about what you plan to do. You can plan to do anything. I plan to start the next Amazon. Like you can say all this. It's not powerful because it's not something you've done. It's something you aspire to do. And anyone can say that. And if it's something anyone can say, that's a problem. Um, so yeah, I would cut all that for that reason. Uh, if you've already started that process, talk about that. You can talk about how you started to go through the steps, how you've like secured the domain name, um, what articles you've written. But if it's about what you just plan to do, generally it's going in a bad direction. This experience forced me to confront a life suddenly interrupted by paralysis, leaving me unable to speak, walk, talk, or even eat. So I'm like, yeah, okay, that's back to um, your cardiac arrest. This incident was nothing short of a seismic shift in my existence. Feels very repetitive. Um, still, it ignited a fire within me. A determination to strive for the best and achieve the seemingly impossible. Yeah, if you could actually show that, like despite this, I got a 4.0 in college, much more powerful. Stick to the facts. It's really going to drive it home. Whereas this, they have to take your word for it. They have to take your word for it that you ignited the fire. Instead of telling them, show them. Show like, hey, I did acts. And they can't argue with facts. They can argue with this conclusion that it ignited a fire. Because they'll go, did it? Like, you haven't shown any reason that it has yet. Uh, and for what it's worth, this all comes from love. I'm just trying to make this better. Um, so yeah, this life-changing event with all its challenges have been the crucible in which my resilience and commitment have been tested and ultimately fortified. Once again, that's very conclusive. Like this gets back into show, don't tell. If we could get into the actual um, meat of it, it would be better. And so far, I think we're already about halfway through the room you have in an actual personal statement because if we make this double-spaced, yeah, that's your, basically your whole first page and you've added almost nothing of worth at this point. All you've asked, and that's not meant to be harsh. It's just like, they're looking to admit people to their law school. And so far, what do we know about this applicant? I know that they had a heart condition, um, which really sucks, but that doesn't make you a good lawyer. It's just, that's a health effect, which is, it doesn't hurt you, but it doesn't help you either. So I would just be very careful about um, where you're using your space. Okay. So after fully recovering from paralysis through dedicated physical therapy and psychological support, I pulled myself together and moved past the societal norms where I had to deal with being known as mentally unstable for seeking help from counselor and online mental health services. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just cut that. We don't need to talk about the general like stigma against mental health because it's just not adding anything. Like there's nothing wrong with it and that it's not, it's not that it's untrue. It's that it doesn't really fit. Like the goal of this is for every sentence to be advancing the case that we have to admit this person because we need them at our law school. And this isn't doing that so far. So I'll just be very careful with that. Not only that, but also being known as a dependent girl. I had to deal with a demon of fear that had decided to reside in my heart and be continually scared to decide anything for myself. I had to get rid of that fear alone and prove to the community that the name tags that they had given me were not true. So once again, like very conclusive. We're not showing how you've overcome these labels that have been given to you. We're just saying it, which like you could do that in a good way. This could be a good personal statement. You would just have to stick to like the examples and try to make it a little bit more fact-based. It'll be more powerful. Additionally, that was another um, pretty long sentence, 51 words. I'd say a hard cap of 25 as a general rule, but get Grammarly, um, run it through it and it will do all that for you. It'll rewrite it for you. You don't even have to like do it yourself. It's amazing how good it is. 
Um, I'm a different person than what they see, and that is when I boldly decided to move to Boston and pursue a bachelor's degree in legal studies at Suffolk in 2019. However, life yet again took me on an unexpected journey, resulting in transfers to different colleges and changes in my major. Mm, probably wouldn't talk about that. It's, it just, it's not a point in your favor. It doesn't hurt you. A lot of people transfer. I did. I changed my major like three times. It's very normal. But it's not a point in your favor towards being a law student. So I would just probably shy away from it. Not that it's hurting you. Like none of this is hurting you. None of this is bad per se. It's just a waste of space where you could have like a lot more powerful stuff. And this isn't doing it so far. Okay. My journey towards the study of law was not linear. Yeah, I think we established that. Still, it was consistently guided by a desire to understand, protect, and enhance the rights and dignity of individuals within society. This period of exploration allowed me to diversify my knowledge and skills. Um, once again, show, don't tell. You don't need to say that. You can just show how you're exploring different fields. It's much more powerful. At Valencia College, I completed an associate degree program in business, and subsequently at the University of Houston, I earned a bachelor's degree in management and information systems. This non-traditional path has enriched my perspective and has given me a unique blend of skills and knowledge that I'm confident will be of great worth in the legal field. So like, once again, instead of saying that, show them. Show them the skills you learned. Um, like, what skills did you learn? I don't know what those skills are. I know you claim to have them, and I'm sure you do. I believe you. But showing them will really convince them as opposed to just saying it. So I think for this one, I'd say a lot of show, don't tell. Uh, we'll get through a couple more sentences, but I would probably um, take, I would take parts of this, but I'd probably start over. Um, but yeah, let's go through and just highlight some things that could lead to some good stuff. So like here, um, could be good. Let's see. So my academic journey has laid a robust foundation for the rigorous demands of loss. Once again, that's conclusive. We got show, not tell. Uh, my dedication to learning and personal growth has seen me excel in courses that have enriched my critical thinking, effective communication, and ethical decision making. Everyone could say that. L literally anyone could say that exact sentence. So you just don't want it. Because if anyone could say it, it's not differentiating you, it's not a reason why you would be a good law student. I could say that. Um, probably everyone in this call could say that, which means that it probably doesn't belong. You want it to be personal. And this is like, yeah, you made it through college. You helped your critical thinking, communication, all of which is awesome, but it's a given. So I just wouldn't add it. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to kind of scan through this just to give ideas. It looks like we start to get into a little bit of a um, resume rehash, which what I would do is um, like, I don't know. These look like they could be a person. This could be a person. thing. Talk about how a cupcake can smile. You develop that web application. That's not easy. How'd you do that? Like talk about the steps, what you went through and how you built that database and how that helps um, improve orders. This whole thing could be your personal statement because it could show you really showing yourself as a kick-ass person. Um, same thing with this next paragraph where you talk about being at Rahib Motors. You say you worked with a small team to streamline these concerns, which reduced the deflection rate. Talk about that. That's real powerful. Um, so I would probably pick one of these stories and go deep into depth on that. It looks like you have a lot of good stuff there. But if you go in and really dive in, that's where you'll have the value. And then additionally, um, like let's see how long this was. I mean, it, I think it was like three pages single-spaced, and it needs to be two pages double-spaced. So you just have a lot to cut in the first place. Uh, what I would do is I would go into one of these stories, whichever one it is, is up to you, just whatever you think you can say the most on. And then, yeah, focus a lot on showing rather than telling. And then, um, yeah, less of the metaphors, short sentences, and that should put you in the right direction. You have a lot of good stuff here. Like these can make really awesome personal statements. Um, but this one, as is, I would probably steer away from. Um, this is not going to help you in admissions. This is actually going to hurt you. Um, but yeah. And I, I say that all from a good place. You have a lot of good stuff here. And it's not that this is uniquely bad. It's not. People write stuff like this all the time. It's very normal. But if you are hoping to get a boost from it, this will actually be a detractor. If you have low numbers, not to say that you do, this will actually hurt you. Um, as opposed to help you. So hopefully you took that the right way. I, I really do hope that it gets better. And if you want to write a, like a second draft, I'm happy to take another look at it. 
Um, but that's my basic thoughts. So yeah, cool, cool. I guess as a caveat, maybe we should pivot over to one that worked from, I know we had a little bit of turnover as people come and go. I know you all have your lives, so like you're welcome to come and go as you see fit. But let's go to the one I just got from someone who just got admitted to Yale. Uh, just for backstory, this girl, um, she has a 170 and I don't know quite her GPA, but I think it was like a 3.8, I wanna say. But either way, she was below both medians at Yale. Um, still good numbers, don't get me wrong, 170 and 3.8, that's great. She's an awesome applicant, just at Yale, she's below medians. So it's worth noting. And this is her diversity statement. She shared it with me and we're able to go through it. So let's break it down and see what we have. Okay, so when I was a young girl, my mother once pointed out a passing colony of ants and said, oh man, I, I can't, I took Spanish three, but um, I'm just gonna have you guys read that yourselves. Uh, mira, mira como todas, okay. I'm, I'm just gonna embarrass myself if I try to read that. You, you can all read it. Uh, which translates to see how all the female ants work together to help one another. That is like our family. So we're starting with this anecdote, totally fine. Anecdotes are fine, you just wanna move on from them quickly, which she does. Not really understanding her words, I nodded along when I realized what she meant. I grew up in what can only be described as an ant colony. My three older sisters and mother raised my seven nieces and nephews and me with no adult male figures present. I would not have had it any other way. So what's important to note here is this is very different from a personal statement. In a personal statement, you're trying to show yourself as a professional person that really kicks ass. In a diversity statement, it can be a little bit more about where you come from. Like here, we do have this person as a young girl and where she comes from, but that's okay because we're trying to add to her perspective. Not why she'll be a kick-ass lawyer. She did that successfully in her personal statement separately, but here she's talking about what she brings that maybe the average Yale law student would not bring. So, okay, she comes from a very, uh, a primarily female family. Her older sisters and mom raised her and they didn't have any adult male figures. It was just her and her siblings and her older sisters and mom. Um, so let's see where she goes with that. Growing up surrounded by strong women taught me responsibility, self-sufficiency, resistance, and tenacity. It's a little conclusive, but it worked. So I'm not gonna like harp on it too much. I grew up seeing one of my sisters become a caretaker when my mom fell ill. I watched my other sister rise in her career because she worked countless late nights. So we're giving direct examples of how she got this. I witnessed my third sister reach out to attorneys after my uncle was deported. So we're giving all these details of what she's seeing, like very real, um, this like real world events that she's experiencing. And most importantly, from my mother, the leader of our colony, I learned leadership. She always kept us grounded through hard times. Okay, so we're saying she really came up in this strong female household. Here's what she took from her. Let's see where else we got from that. The values of my family instilled in me will stay with me forever and will make me a hardworking, indulgent attorney. I practice, which like, I don't love that because it's a little conclusive, but she, her next sentence is really good. I practice responsibility when I began to work at 16 to assist with medical bills we faced when my mother fell sick. That's a fact, really good. It's showing how she had to step up at an early age to contribute to her family. Um, so facts like that are really good. I became self-sufficient when I struggled and overcame the challenges of juggling working as a fast food supervisor throughout college while also juggling the responsibilities of my various on-campus leadership roles. So once again, very fact-based. I was tenacious in my pursuit of an LSAT score I could be proud of despite working over 50 hours a week in the past few months. So like, yeah, all of, these are all facts. It's all like where she came from, but it's also very fact-based. Like how... How did this impact her? And what we know about this girl is she comes from a family where she didn't have a lot of support. Well, she did have support, but it was from her mom and her sisters. Um, so it was a single parent household as well as, you know, her sisters were stepping up instead of parental figures and how that affected her when she gets into that. She continues, I've had the privilege of being raised by a community of women that equipped me with the schools to succeed. And because of this, I know that I am also called to do more to build and nurture community. As a law student and future attorney, I wish to continue to use my talents and experiences for the greater good. At X Law School, I look forward to working in the Immigrants' Right Clinic and mentoring 
low-income youth in the community who aspire to enter the legal field one day. And so it's like, okay, as a diversity statement, did this add something unique about our person or something that the average Yale applicant won't have? And it's like, yeah, um, we know that this person, she was raised in an unconventional household and she had to step up early in her life, like earlier than most other applicants did. She said when she was 16, she had to start working to help pay for medical bills. And so it doesn't have to be super unique because I'm sure this applies to other people as well, but also it is relatively different. It is something that most people didn't do with. So this is a good way to um, attack it. It's very to the point. There's not a long, lot of long sentences. You can see how easy to read the paragraphs are. They're nice and short and it's just well-written. Um, also, it's shorter, which is generally good. Less is often more because we got what we needed to know about this person without spending lots and lots of pages. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, I guess, oh man, I'm really bad at pronouncing names. So I'm sorry if I butcher this, but is it Ramya? You, you, you can correct me, but you're welcome to speak if you would like to. Hi, okay. I wasn't sure if it would let me unmute, but um, so obviously this is a really great diversity statement, but my question was like, how do you make sure when you write your diversity statement, you obviously kind of showcase like you as a person, but right. not be redundant where you're like repeating what you already described in your um, personal statement? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, I mean, in your personal statement, I would really try to stick it to um, accomplishments and what you've done. So like, for example, a work project is not the only way to do it, but it's one way on um, general accomplishments. And in your diversity statement, it can be a lot more about your perspective and what's happened to you. If it's about like what's happened in your personal statement, it's not that I would cut it from your application. I would just shift it over to your diversity statement because that's really your chance to talk about like who you are, where you come from, um, like this person does here. But in her personal statement, it wasn't about her family. It was about, you know, other stuff. So you just want to be I would say um, if it's about what you've done, it probably goes in your personal statement. If it's about who you are and what's happened to you, it probably goes in your diversity statement. So that's kind of oh, the general okay. story. Okay. That's actually a really good explanation. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, it's it's unfortunate because these are not easy to write. And unfortunately also with writing, it's hard to know what's um, good and what's bad because you don't have perspective until you get your reject or acceptance. And even then it could have been due to your numbers. Maybe it's not due to your essays. So often what gets lauded as really good personal statements are not always great. Um, I have some interesting ones that kind of take a different approach than I do that you Chicago put out. So I will send that in the um, Zoom chat for anyone who wants them. They're a little bit fluffier than I tend to write, but they're, they're good regardless, because one of the important things with uh, these essays is there's not one way to do them. So if you want to get a little bit more poetic than I tend to advise, you're welcome to take a look at those. They're very well done. What you'll see is they're still very fact-based, um, even though they are a little bit more cutesy than I would recommend. It's still very sticking to reality, not, not reality, but um, showing, not telling. And I would really take a good look at those. It's, I, I think, some of the best personal statements I've seen that go in a different direction than what I do. And also for what it's worth, um, does this guy not look like Lewis Lit to you guys? Because I, I just haven't looked at this in a while, but does he look like Lewis or am I tripping for those of you that have seen suits? Like just a little bit. Um, not not quite the same, but like I, I could see it developing. Um, okay, yeah. So I guess I'm not crazy. It looks like I'm getting at least some um feedback on that okay cool so that's good uh for also if any of you want access to this after the fact this will be on youtube so you can come like you know reference back to those if you want to view them and this one like even though she did a really good job there are a few things i would change there was a little bit of showing not telling um no not too much like don't get me wrong this is a really good statement she got into yale we're not saying it's bad like i wouldn't change it obviously if you get into yale don't fix what ain't broken but yeah uh cool cool Alrighty. um where were we okay so that's that one we've done that 
I don't know that we'll get to all of them. Um, which one do we do? I think we did this one as well. All right, who else did I promise? I think I, let me pull up my order because I'm trying to do them in the order I received. For those of you, if I don't get to the one you submitted, I'm going to try to do all these on the podcast um, as long as you don't mind. I have removed all personal info. Obviously, I don't want to dox anyone. That's not, but okay, this one. I like this one. There were some things I was going to change, but I thought this was a pretty good one, um, all things considered. So let me just format it real quick. This isn't the person's fault. This is uh, when I upload a PDF or a like Microsoft Word document into Google Drive, it messes it up. So a lot of these, um, I'd say formatting mistakes are not the person that submitted this. It's the automatic stuff that the computer does when you upload it. Well, let's break it down. And once again, I'm really bad at pronouncing things. So I'm probably not even gonna try on this, but Mamepa, Woki, okay, we're just gonna stop. But it translates to Ma, can I please go out with my friends tonight? It's a question that I would ask my Ghanaian, I think, mother nearly every day growing up. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, like, that's totally fine. We already know this person's from Ghana. That might fit better in a personal, in a diversity team, but it's not bad so far. Like this actually ends up being pretty good. So I'm like, okay, um, we just know you're from Ghana, which, you know, it's not a huge point in your favor. It is very unique. There's not a lot of people from Ghana. So um, it's, it is a point in your favor, but let's see how quickly you get into kind of what you've done. Per usual, my mother would deny my request and tell me to quote, stay home and relax. I'm like, okay. Um, so we know your mom didn't let you go out. I'm not sure if that's super relevant, but it's not bad. To constantly be denied the opportunity of fun growing up, I assumed that I would never get the chance to experience life the proper way. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I would move past this quick because this is kind of conclusive, but as long as you get into it pretty quickly, I would go into that. To my chagrin, I was corrected every time because right before we parted ways every morning, I was dismissed with the instruction of making my way straight home from school because we would be going to church later that night. So this is all about kind of where you come from. I think this is really good. And this is a really good opening to a diversity statement. This is very well written. Despite all the grammarly underlines, it's because I imported it. This person had this really clean. It was not their fault. Um, but this is a lot more about where you come from. And I would try to shift that towards a diversity statement. You do have some personal statement stuff later in here. And this does go over space. So you could even just copy paste and just move some things around and you'll be good to go. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, where were we? At this point, I'd accepted the fact that I would never have the so-called freedom and joy that the rest of my peers and friends probably boasted of me. I was so tightly ensnared in my mother's grasp that I was eager to discover why she constantly denied me the right to access, to access the pursuit of happiness. So, okay, at this point, what do we know about our applicant? I know that they come from Ghana. I know that they had a restrictive mother. Um, and this is all really unique. This is not common. Um, how many people do we have that come from a relatively restricted mom in Ghana? Well, I've been doing this for about three years full time. I've never heard of anyone even close to that before. It's so unique, which is why I think this is more of a diversity statement because it's more about what has happened to you and less about where you come from. Um, but it's really good. It's, it's well written for the person that submitted this. I would just shift that over. Let's continue. Well, in middle school, I gathered up the courage to question my mother about why she was so adamant about depriving her son of the opportunity to live an adventurous life. I, I was shortening that down a little bit. Just It's a long sense to get to a pretty basic idea, which is you ask your mom, why, why are you doing this? Um, but the journal idea is fine. The next moment in my interrogation shifted my perspective on life, prompting my trajectory and everything to change as a result. I mean, you can just say it shifted your perspective. Um, you don't need all those words. So it can just be like that. The strongest person I know spoke, I don't have my papers. That is why I don't like you going out because if something occurs this instant, there's nothing that I would be able to do. Oh, okay. I, I sorry, I, I assumed you were from Ghana. That was a I don't know why I did that. I just assumed. Um, but it sounds like you are living in the US. She is not a, she doesn't have legal immigration status, and she's fearful that if you get in trouble, it could cause your family to come 
you know, tumbling down, which makes sense. Once again, very good diversity statement stuff. These were words of vulnerability. Hearing that made me appreciate all that she had done for me thus far. Even though I was young and partly understood the gravity of the situation, I assured my undocumented immigrant mother that she should not worry and that God was going to take care of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I might avoid religious stuff. If it's important to you, it's okay. Uh, as, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Um, just it, it does introduce potentially biased readers to, you know, discount you. And not say they will, but they could. So you just want to be careful with stuff like that. Um, infiltrating positive affirmations to my mother's heart were the only way I could pave the way for her to experience better days. Okay, cool. Uh, very good diversity statement. This would be like an amazing diversity statement. If and I'm not, I think you said this was the first statement. I could be wrong, but let's continue. Certain ano anomalies started making sense to me once I accepted the reality that my mother was different from the average American. I vividly remember one day asking my mother when I would ever meet my eldest sister because I always heard stories about her, but I'd just never physically seen her. Well, it, while asking, I began to ponder and understand that my mother was an undocumented immigrant, which is when it became clear why I hadn't met my older sister. So I'm like, yeah, uh, cool. I mean, I might shorten that out, but once again, good idea. You haven't met part of your family, like your sibling, which is wild because of the danger of that. Um, so very good diversity statement stuff. But once again, it's all about what's happened to you rather than what you've done, which is kind of where that sorting goes. Alrighty. Um, where were we? Given that I am now 22 years old, learning that my mother left my sister in 1994 at a young age is a very difficult pill to swallow. Can you imagine being separated from your flesh and blood for more than 25 years? My mother mastered her anguish so well that stage that I was unable to understand the kind of daily suffering she endured. The most determined, strongest lady I'd ever met was suffering from deep torment that neither I nor anybody else could yet relieve. So like, I mean, I, this is a very powerful diversity statement. I really do think it falls more into that category though. I would change hardly anything. I would just shift where you're using this in your application. When the time dawned on me to move into college, I was undergoing a wave of emotion. So here, see that? That's passive voice, which Grammarly will do for you. Instead of I was undergoing, it says I underwent. Very cool, very simple. One reason for such feelings was the fact that the fiercest person I knew would not be around to ease the start of my collegiate career. I recall asking my mother a couple of weeks before going to Morehouse College if she would be able to take me to Atlanta for moving week. And she says in Ghanaian? Uh, I don't know, excuse me. No, you know my situation. I fear that on the way there, there will be an unfortunate turn of events was her response. And it struck me like a bolt of lightning. I dropped everything I was holding and cried. Was I going to fly hundreds of miles across the country without my mother? The woman I admired and loved so much wouldn't be present when one of her twins was about to begin their matriculation through college. So yeah, I mean, I, whoever wrote this, like you did a really very good job on this. I really like what you're doing. Just as a general rule, like problem whatever, see statement stuff. Um, I'm trying to think about what could be, maybe your move to college could be personal statement stuff because that sounds like a very big experience of doing that on your own because you had to. Um, probably wouldn't be my topic, but I think you could spin your move to college and make a really powerful, there. sorry, personal statement out of that. Um, so I kept repeating to myself, damn the US immigration system. And like, we're already on page three, just to be careful with that. I would uh, cut that down. So where, where are we? Something had to happen so that my mother's dread would be no more. I had no idea of what or how this action would be achieved, but right there and then I made a deal with myself to be that quote something. Making the lives of undocumented and documented immigrants better than they were before only begins with me getting into law school. Immigration reform efforts have had to jump through many difficult hurdles with the government. Over the years, initiatives for immigration reform have largely failed in Congress, the House of Representatives, and the Senate. Well, that's redundant because, you know, the House and, I would just say Congress. You, you don't need, like, a general rule, whenever we can shorten things, you can just, like, you don't have to say both versions of Congress. Uh, efforts to pass legislation that would confer citizenship to undocumented immigrants, as well as policies that serve to grant amnesty to undocumented immigrants have utterly failed. So this is a very clear, like, I have no doubt on why this person wants to be a lawyer. They're doing a very good or clear job about um, what direction they're headed in, which is, I have personal experience with the U.S. immigration system. I don't like how it is. 
I'm going to law school to try to make a change, which is a very clear and very, I'd say, powerful um, way of doing that. But the way I would do that, though, is take the first chunk of the statement, throw that into a diversity statement, and then I would maybe start, where were we? Maybe start here and um, where were we? Like here and start your personal statement. And then in that, I might add a story. Like, I don't know your resume, but maybe like, did you do any work um, in immigration? Which could be, um, that could be like, uh, what's the word? Oh, I'm totally blanking. I should know this word. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, do, do, do. Not protesting, but not advocacy either. I don't know. Well, like what you do when you care about something, you're trying to, oh, the word's right there. If you have it, you can. Okay, so so lobby, yeah, but not like in a legal, just like, um, I don't know, like doing stuff in your community. I, there's a word for this. I have no, I just don't know why it's not coming to my mouth. Um, so like, did you volunteer? Did you help out with any people? Did you do things in college? And these don't have to be big, but just showing yourself taking that action. You're not social service either. I, I, I don't know why it's not coming to me, but just if you did stuff in your community, um, did you help a friend or family member uh, with any of this stuff? Um, yeah, just like any tangential work that you've done or like had to work through immigration status. Like, I don't know how filling out FAFSA works when you're, yeah, yeah, activist. Thank you, Danielle. Uh, well, yeah, did you do any activism? That, that, that's what I was going for. Yeah, I don't know why that didn't come to my, um, come to me. But yeah, basically like what, what have you done? And throw that in, talk about Movement Week and how that was such a significant event because I like this and you will have a very good personal statement. Um, and yeah, as far as the rest of this, um, perfect. Like, I, I really like this. I think you're going to be an awesome applicant. I would just kind of shift around where things go already, which I mean, that's always my take on most people's stuff is everyone has a good story. Everyone has a good narrative. Like the first person's person we went through, she had a lot of good stuff. She can be a kick-ass applicant with like an A plus application. It just requires a little bit of shifting on what goes where. Okay. I'm um, going to just go through the questions real quick. People sent some stuff. I think someone asked something. Yeah, someone asked, would you recommend keeping a theme between your personal statement and diversity statement? Uh, it depends. I, I would just, you know, if it makes sense, like I think this person will have a clear theme because their diversity statement will probably be about kind of growing up with their undocumented mother and their personal statement will likely be about um, their desire to reform the immigration system. And I think that is a very clear theme, but it doesn't have to be. Like I had once who um, she was a military wife and that was her diversity statement because she was very like restricted in what she could do with her job. And then her personal statement was about how she worked in medical. She was, she like worked in the OR. She was like some form of medical assistant. And there wasn't really a common theme there, but they were both good con contributors to her story. So it, it could be, um, if you have a common theme, it can totally work. It can also be unnecessary. So it just depends on that. And someone asked, what is the best way to open your personal statement? Should I rely on a quote or is that basic? Ooh, yeah, they must have not been here early on because quotes are no bueno as a general rule. Are there exceptions? Like probably because nothing is ever really black and white in this world, but as a general rule, quotes are bad. Keep it to you. Don't keep it to what other people say. Okay. So this one, um, good. Like I've definitely used some shifting, but as for, for the most part, I'd say this like is a pretty good, um, it's already a good statement, but it could be a lot better. So I'll just go with that. Already, where are we at? We're about 50 minutes in. I also got a personal statement submitted to me via email. All of you are welcome to send those if you wish. Um, I don't know. I mean, I won't get them to them today, but I could get to them on the podcast, which I'm filming up kind of a bank of episodes. So if you want feedback, you could get that. Okay, so we got that one, which is a diversity statement. We have these two. All right, let's dive into this one. I think we'll do a couple more and then we'll do like a Q&A, just kind of chat about kind of broad stuff. If I didn't get to yours, 
I think I got to everyone who showed up because I tried. Oh, wait, no, there's one of you still waiting, it looks like. I will make sure I get to yours if you are actually here because I don't want someone to show up and not get theirs done. But let's dive in and break this one down. And once again, uh, formatting is often due to Google Docs. It's probably not due to the person that submitted it. So often many of the like, uh-oh, that's not supposed to happen. Um, often many of the formatting things, that's just the upload. It's not that they had one big paragraph. I mean, maybe they did, but I don't think they did. Okay, so they start by saying, I'd be remiss if I neglected to take the space to tell you about one of the most influential factors in my life. Um, I would cut that. This feels a little cutesy in poetry. I would just say what that factor is. Like I, or I, oops, I meant to do that in suggestion mode. Like I am X or I experienced X. Immediately just tell them so that they know and then go into the details. But saying you'd be remiss if you don't tell them, like you don't need that. It's not adding anything. So I would just cut it. While sitting in Miss McDermott's third grade classroom, I would just say while in third grade, we learned cursive, um, which in our minds meant that we were sitting down and tracing squiggly letters. Yeah, I remember that, which in our minds, oops, I'm sorry, I read that. At this time, my partner and I usually held casual conversations. <laughs> That's kind of funny because like now you hear a partner and like maybe it's some of your more progressive friends referring to like their um, romantic interests. At least that's how I hear the word partner. And for whatever reason, that's just the connotation I have in my head when I hear the word partner now. So I'm like thinking of like you and your partner in third grade class, which like obviously is not what you're talking about. I think it's more of like a study partner. I might just add an adjective there to clarify that. Um, you don't have to, but I don't know. At least my brain went there. So an admissions officers might as well. He mentioned that he got a new sister the night before which led everyone at my table sharing how many siblings they had. After counting my fingers, I casually said I have 11. Oh yeah, I actually kind of like the um, like mic drop where it comes after you're talking to your friends. You don't have to always lead with it. And I think this is a good example where your number of siblings doesn't have to come at the start of the paragraph. Um, so yeah, actually that's good. I actually kind of like that. Before I could look back up down my workbook, I heard a gas in my ear. I looked up straight ahead. My table mate wasn't so much shock. You have 11 siblings? I guess it was too much for her third grade mind to fathom. You, you can just cut that. You don't even need that because... They, they understand from that rhetorical uh, question that that's what your third grade partner is going through. You don't need to like, you know, psychoanalyze her. Your reader will get there themselves. Until this day, and okay, that can be a paragraph break. Until this day in Miss McDermott's class, I thought it was common for people to have a lot of siblings. Although this experience was a little embarrassing. Over the years, I got used to it because adults have the same reaction. Yeah, it's relatively uncommon. Um, so I actually really like this so far. I think you're going in a good direction. This is different. Most people do not grow up in families of 11 um, siblings. I think the average is like, you know, one or two. I have one sibling for what it's worth, as probably do many of you. Some of you probably have more, but for the most part, you might have the most out of all the people here today. I, I probably won't, you know, probably is true. Um, but yeah, cool, cool. Recently, I have a time to reflect on how having 11 siblings played a huge role in molding the person I am today. You can just cut that. Like once again, it comes back to show, don't tell. Just, just show like what you learned. Maybe you had to share the bathroom. Like I, it's It's small, but like even if you grew up in a relatively large house, 11 siblings is a ton. Like if you grew up in the average, like 2,200 square foot house with 11 people, that's so many people. Like talk about that. You can really drill these things home. But I, I like the general idea. And this is a great example of how diversity doesn't have to be racial. It doesn't have to be um, LGBT. And for what it's worth, I think this person, if I am thinking who this is, I think they do belong to a URM group, but you don't have to go in that direction, even if you are URM. It's just about what tells your story the best. And honestly, I like this more. So whoever wrote this, I think you did a very good job. Growing up with 11 siblings, that's taught me skills that made me mature and well-equipped to handle anything. Once again, if you could show that, show like resolving conflict, stuff like that's more powerful as opposed to just concluding. Unknowingly, having sibling, having 11 siblings taught me to be fluent with different personality types. And if you can give an example there of 
like maybe you had one sibling that was really conflict averse or one sibling that was like very conf confrontational. That can be, you can show how you have to deal with different types of people. And that's a lot more powerful than just telling us. While working as a line cook at Dig In, I would often get the store five stars reviews where customers specify my name and personality as a highlight of, the, of their experience. So I guess we're kind of connecting the dots and because you were, okay, yeah, I, I like that. That connects well. That's a good fact. I'll keep that. I also learned to handle situations where I have different opinions. At home, we would manage these situations similar to our justice system. There would be me versus another party, usually my older brother, the judge, my mom, and spectators and witnesses, my other siblings. We each got to argue, each got to argue our points. My mom would question, ask questions, and then rule. I, I really like this. Um, this is a very different format. And initially looking at it, I was kind of worried because it looked like one block, but like I would tweak this a little bit, but for the most part, this is going in a very good direction. We each got to argue our points. Like the justice system, it wasn't always fair. Um, yeah, I might just cut that just because it might sound like you're complaining about the justice system. I agree, the justice system has flaws, but generally law schools don't like when you complain about the justice system. You can do it well. Uh, like I think the immigration story did it really well because he was talking about how it really hurt him and you know was unfair in that way. But just kind of a broad, it's unfair is kind of tough because like maybe in some ways I agree the justice system isn't fair, but as a general rule, it's tough. Um, so I would just, unless you're going to go really deep on it, which I don't think you want to in this statement, given the nature of it, I would just not say that. Although I still cringe after telling people that I have 11 siblings, there's nothing that has defined and formed me more powerfully than my relationship with my siblings. Although people come in and out of my life, I know my siblings will be with me for the full ride. Uh, as I reflect, I see how I, yeah, I mean, you can almost, you can like cut it there. That's a powerful ending. So often people just keep kind of going and they've already found a good ending. Yeah, I, I would cut it there. So like, I would keep, Keep the general structure of this, just cut some things. Um, like I'd polish it up, clean it up, grammarly caught a few things it looks like. But yeah. And overall, I'd say this is really good. Um, I like the direction this is going in. I think it's always good to see kind of a different style of diversity statement. And I would say this is like a B plus personal statement and with a little polish. Sorry, diversity statement with a little polish, and this will be an A plus. Um, so whoever gave this very good job, you have my endorsement to chug along with it. Not that you need it. You're always welcome to take what you'd like, leave what you don't, but I like the direction this is going in. Okay, cool, cool. And we're just about an hour in. We're going quicker than I thought we would, which is awesome because I'm trying to get through as many of these as I can because a lot of you um, sent me stuff, which I really do appreciate. So we got through that one. What's this one? I want to make sure I don't dox anyone. Okay. I think this might be from the same person. I could be wrong. Um, then there's this one. Does it have their info? No, I cut this one as well. Okay, I'm going to do this one because I know this is from a different person who's here. So I want to make sure we get through it. And I think I, oh yeah, one of, someone sent me one. If you're the other person from Ghana, the file got corrupted. So if you are that person, because I had two from Ghana, which I thought was kind of wild. Um, there was another one of you and it got, the file would not open and it like broke. So if that's you, I apologize. Um, feel free to send it to me and I will get back to you with stuff because I just could not open it today. Oh yeah, well, we will get through um, one more. I'll do this one shortly as well, but I don't know that we, we may have time for it today, just depending on how we're doing. Um, and yeah, let's dive in. So first off, this one has a title, Overcoming Borders, Embracing Opportunities. Personal same as only a title. You can just cut that. Um, so I would get rid of that. But I mean, the thought's fine. You can, you can have that in your head. Just don't put it on your statement. Like for an outline, totally cool. On the actual statement, probably want to shift away from that. Okay. Throughout my life, I've encountered countless obstacles and challenges that have shaped my journey towards becoming a lawyer. Um, I would just show them. You don't need to tell them. Just let's get into them. Talk about the obstacle. Also, generally, obstacles and challenges go in diversity statements as a general rule. 
Overcoming can go into personal statement, but it really comes to exactly how it looks. So if you're going to focus mostly on the obstacle and challenge, throw in your diversity statement. If you're going to focus on the overcoming, then maybe it can be personal statement material, but it really depends on the execution. From being uprooted from my home in the U.S. at the age of 10 due to my parents' legal status to navigating a foreign country and its language, I've experienced firsthand the transformative power of resilience, determination, and appreciation for every opportunity that, that comes my way. Okay, all fine. Um, probably more diversity statement stuff just from the looks of it, but we'll continue. Already, when I arrived in Ecuador, um, did you get deported? Is that, I, I could be misinterpreting this. And you don't have to tell me. I'm just like kind of asking myself because I'm left with that question as the reader. Like, were you taken when you were 10 and then deported? I think that's what happened. But if that's not, I would clarify that because this is leaving holes for the reader to fill in. And generally, you don't want to do that. The unfamiliar language and cultural differences initially overwhelming. Unfortunately, I face discrimination as a foreigner in my own country. Yeah, it's got to be tough because like the American system is telling you you don't belong. But when you go back to Ecuador, I'm sure you also feel like you don't belong because you didn't grow up there. So like this could be a really powerful diversity statement if you kind of talk about like you're someone who feels like you have no home. In fact, that's the direction I would take this in if I were you. Um, despite my Ecuadorian heritage, I was labeled as an outsider or gringa, as everyone called me, which left me feeling disheartened and out of place. However, instead of allowing this discrimination to define me, I used it as fuel to ignite a passion for justice and equality. I'm like, okay, let's show that. Uh, show, don't tell. Uh, how did you do that? So like, let's show. I realized that in order to make a positive change, I needed to take action. Yeah, you don't need that. You can just show. You can just go into the action. You don't need to say that you realize something. I quickly realized that in order to thrive, once again, we're realizing. So that's like, so we're a lot of like what you think. Um, generally less of that and generally more of just right into the action. We don't need the prelude. You can just go right into, I started a program or I started doing X to adapt. Just go into whatever, um, action you did. I immersed myself in, yeah, exactly. Like that sounds good. I immersed myself in learning the language, absorbing every word and phrase with unwavering dedication. Through perseverance and countless hours of practice, I not only became fluent in Spanish, but also gained a deep understanding of the power of language and the importance of effective communication. Um, so I like being fluent. I don't know how much I love that. I'm kind of agnostic on how I feel about it. It is kind of conclusive, which I'm generally not a fan of because if we can show that rather than just force it onto our reader, it's more powerful. But if we can, if uh, I'll give it this, if we take from this and then kind of expand on it and how it's good, I would leave it. If it just kind of dies there and we don't go into this language idea any deeper, I would just cut it. So I would say it depends on the um, rest of the passage. All right, so living in poverty during my time in Ecuador was an eye-opening experience. It taught me to value every opportunity that was presented to me. So once again, I'd say this is a more diversity statement. I witnessed the struggle and limitations faced by those around me, which fueled my determination to make a difference. Despite the hardships, I never lost sight of my dreams and aspirations. I knew that education helped me keep me unlocking a brighter future, not only for myself, but for my community. So I'd say this is all good um, diversity. So like we talked about, we kind of have that split. Through sheer determination, I was fortunate enough to be relocated to a different city in Ecuador where the educational opportunities were more abundant. This move marked a... Okay, so I would, through sheer determination, I'm assuming you had to earn that or you, you did something to do it. Talk about that. How did you get this opportunity? Because um, if you got it through sheer determination, let's show that. Let's expand upon that sheer determination. Did you like apply to all these schools? Did you have to like find a family member to live with in the bigger city? Like talk about that. That could all be really powerful and showing how you really care about your education, which is the type of stuff that law schools love. They love that you're someone that despite like a tough hand of cards is still trying to fight to find a better way. Um, so I would just rephrase or not rephrase, but go deeper. This move marked a turning point in my life. Um, I would just show that once again, rather than conclude. Generally conclusive sentences, I would cut 
give them all the evidence, let them draw their own conclusions. An active reader will connect to, they'll get these ideas without you ever even saying them. You don't need to say this move marked a turning point in my life if you show the turning point, then the reader will just get it. Um, like, I don't think the person who wrote the, the Ghana person statement, they never talked about the, like, I don't like the US immigration system because of my mom. They let the reader kind of fill that in themselves. And we got there because, you know, we're active readers. We were able to figure it out. So you can avoid the conclusions and still get all those ideas on the page. And it's a lot more powerful when the reader gets to their conclusions on their own without you um, telling it to them. So I seize the chance to excel academically, recognizing that education was the vehicle that could propel me towards my goals. Yeah, I would just say how you excel um, academically. We've already established you care about education, which is good, but we don't need to keep saying it. As I advanced my studies, I became increasingly aware of the power of knowledge and the impact it can have on individuals and communities. So once again, uh, it's like this idea about um, language. It's good, but it feels a little um, repetitive. So yeah. Advocacy has always been at the core of who I am. Okay, show us. Show the advocacy. Don't say, don't show, tell. Even Sorry, don't tell, show. Even at a young age, I found myself advocating for the rights and well-being of those around me. And I would say just like such as, like give examples. That's really powerful. So if you can go into that, that's where you will really drive things home. Witnessing the injustices faced by my community further ignited my passion for social justice. Which like, once again, show those injustices. Show how you responded. It's It really drives them home. Just like if um if the Ghana person had said, my experience with the immigration system made me mad at the US immigration system, it's not powerful. But because we learned that he couldn't go out with friends, he had to be worried about his mom's status. He didn't have to tell us that this um, drove his opinion because we saw it. So if you can show, he did a really good job of showing, not telling. And that's what I would recommend. Um, I think that as well as the diversity statement about the 11 siblings are really great examples of showing rather than telling. So out uh, of those people, you've done a very good job there. And yeah, I would take that general approach as well if you're this person. Uh, so where were we? So I realized that pursuing a career in law would enable me to amplify the voices of those who are often silenced and marginalized. So like all fine, show. It would provide me with the tools. You don't have to say like what law school will do for you. Just talk about who you are. You don't have to talk about law school here. Um, so with an unwavering determination, I made the courageous decision to return to the US. That could be your personal statement. I'm sure that's not easy. You got deported, it sounds like. So if you talk about that, um, I don't know, maybe don't. I guess it depends on what the content is. If it's like being smuggled by coyotes, it might come off bad because generally you don't ever want to talk about breaking the law. Like I totally feel for you. If I was in a bad situation, I would also do that. But also it's not the best thing to disclose in personal in your um, application. So if that's the case, I would leave it. It just depends on you know what that process was. Um, so yeah, I'm turning to a country that I had left years ago and meant readjusting to a new environment, culture, and way of life. It was a mix of excitement and anxiety as I had to rebuild my life and reconnect with a society that had changed during my absence. All very good. You can go into details on that. You have a lot of good stuff here. Um, and yeah, you overcame the emotional challenge of leaving behind loved ones. So uh, yeah, you can talk about that as well. Um, so yeah, we've hit our two page mark and we have more. So yeah, as always, you can generally just cut these down, but let's bring them. Sorry, I, I was reading a text. I got, I have to watch my dog in a second. He's coming in. So you'll all get to meet the dog if you're still here, but he's a cute one, just a spoiler. Um, but yeah, where were we? Sorry, I got distracted. ADHD. The path has not been easy since being alone meant that I had to take on the responsibilities of sorting myself financially. Yeah, talk about that. That's tough. That's really tough. Like, go into that. This included finding employment or securing scholarships to fund my education, cover living expenses. Yeah, and also if you um don't have clear immigration status, you can't apply for FAFSA. So you can't even take out loans to my understanding. So you can talk about that. That's really powerful. Balancing work and studies while ensuring financial stability was a constant juggling act that required careful planning and resourcefulness. So like, once again, show, don't tell, show the planning and resourcefulness, don't just conclude it. It's so much more powerful. 
Um, also re-entering the American education system after being away for a significant period presented its own set of challenges. There were gaps in my knowledge due to differences in curriculum and educational standards between Ecuador and the U.S. So yeah, all, all that, once again, I'm sure that is a huge challenge. You can go into all these, like you have so much here um, and really going into the details is a lot more powerful. You could have less information, but have more detail. Because like, for example, in, um, well, I keep going back to the Ghana statement just because I really liked it, but it's pretty tunnel visioned in on him growing up with his mother who didn't have immigration status, but we didn't learn a whole lot more, but we didn't need to because we got so much from that one story and that one background. We don't need to understand that his hobby is like playing tennis on the weekends. Not, not that it is. I'm just like making something up. And I, that's not what you're doing here. But the point is, is like, you don't have to tell them everything if you tell them really powerful stuff. So I would probably say less, but go more in depth. Um, so yeah, we then talk about my journey has taught me to develop resilience, empathy, et cetera. Uh, you can cut all that. This is like what you think, um, but you don't have to do. You, you can have it, but generally you don't need conclusions. And yeah, overall, I'd say there's some good stuff here. Um, I really like the idea of coming from Ecuador and having to go back. I like the idea of kind of being the person without, no, like someone between two, um, like, I guess I'll draw this. Like we have the U.S. and then we have Ecuador and you kind of find yourself in the middle being pulled in both ways because like you kind of don't belong to either and you're in the middle. That could be like law schools love those narratives. That would be an awesome story. So if I were you, I would kind of write that as your diversity statement, which is you are someone with like when you were growing up, it felt as if you had no true home. Part of you resonated with the U.S., part of you resonated with Ecuador, and it kind of put you in that tough position. Like, obviously, the execution matters, but a, a narrative like that, they love that. They eat that up. And then as far as your personal statement, I would just go deep into one of the things I pointed out, whether it's um, relocating for your educational stuff, returning to the U.S., um, the advocacy you mentioned, any of those could be a good personal statement, but I would pick one and go deep on it. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Well, I think we've touched a lot of different kinds of personal statements today. Um, if anyone wants to see more stuff like this, I have a video recorded on YouTube with a bunch more essays. What else do we have? I'm trying to think about which ones we, is this the one we didn't get to? Okay. Um, yeah, my voice is starting to get a little broken down. So I think what we'll do now is kind of do a Q and A and just chat for a while. Um, so yeah. And then if absolutely no one has anything to talk about, we can dive into that. But yeah, this is recorded. It will be up on YouTube. Um, I'm also trying to do a lot more of this stuff just kind of all the time. I, I do this on my podcast episode basically every week. Um, so if you want to get your statement talked through, currently I don't have enough submissions to the point where like if you submit it, you will get it answered. Uh, yeah, so there's a post-class email coming out to my newsletter that has my YouTube link to it. But if you just search up LSA Simplified on YouTube, it will, oops, it will pop up. Uh, it's pretty small. I just upload my recordings there and this. So it's not like, you, there's not a ton of content coming out on there. I think I have 14 whole, oh, I have 15 subscribers. So we're making moves, I guess. But um, yeah, I'll send that in the chat. It has my podcast episodes as well as my one from a few months ago. I don't do this that often just because I'm primarily LSAT oriented, but you know, I, I think I have good takes on things and I try to back them up. Another thing that's worth noting is like, Take what you like, leave what you don't. Ultimately, you guys live with your applications. I don't. So if you fundamentally disagree with something I said about your statement, um, don't listen to me. I mean, I, I think I'm right. Don't get me wrong. But like, there's multiple ways to write a good statement. I tend to have a very accomplishment-oriented one, which I do think is the most powerful. But I'm not going to pretend it's the only way to succeed. I think it's a good way to guarantee you don't mess up. Um, but yeah, there are multiple ways to skin a cat. There's a lot of good stuff out there. If you want general admissions advice, um, I would, I would listen to my podcast, but the deans of Harvard and Yale also have a podcast. That's, um, I think it's Law School Admissions Unmasked um, 
by Miriam and Christy. I want to say that's what it's called. Either way, if you look it up, it has a lot of good info. I would check that out. Basically, everything they say is valid. There are a few things I take issue with that they say, but it's because they're talking to the most elite applicants, and some of the stuff they say doesn't apply to like lower tier schools. Um, but at Harvard, and like for the, if you're looking at those very top schools, the top 14, they give spot on advice. And for the most part, it's very good. They have a lot of good info. I would check them out. Um, and yeah, otherwise, I'm always available for questions via email. If you have something where it's like, hey, I want you to expand on that, I need content for my podcast. So if you have an email that's like, a thousand words, you are welcome to send it. I will basically go through the whole thing. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I will do kind of a Q&A, hang out, chat with anyone, and thank you all for coming.